What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Okay, guys, so like we're gonna hang out at the mall and then we're gonna fight some zombies. And then, like, I totally got to get the high score on the arcade machine because it was the night of the comet, you know? And because this is the most 80s fucking film we've watched in a really long time, we decided to bring in who I consider the god of bringing back 80s <laughs> cinema, Jason Jatro Trost, whose new film, FP2 Beats of Rage, is gonna be available very, very soon. So, before we even talk about this movie, Jatro, when can the wide public see FP2? Because I've seen it, and it's great, and I want more people to see it. Great. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm trying to release it in May. It's all hypothetical at this point because I'm doing everything myself, but it's looking very good that it's going to be May. It should be streaming and downloadable and Blu-rayable and all that. Do you need money? Do you need our people to give you money? or? Uh, no, I just need them to buy the movie when it comes out. It's <laughs> good enough. I certainly will. Please don't tor- torrent it. Just watch it for free on Amazon Prime, so at least then I see like six cents when you watch it. I will do that. <laughs> Holy shit, is that really what the ROI is? Yeah, until you, I think it's until you get up to like 100,000 minutes stream, then it's 10 cents an hour. Jesus Christ. You know, I thought that we were doing the right thing by watching things on Amazon Prime, but fuck that shit. It's very unfortunate. Well, it's, it's better than torrenting yeah, it. it. Well, yeah, but that's not saying much anymore. It's very unfortunate <laughs> you can't put movies on repeat on Amazon Prime because every time one of my friends uh, is on Spotify, even if I don't like their music, I put, I, I put their playlist on repeat and then turn the volume all the way down while I sleep. So their songs... Does that work? Yeah, they, they get a very, I very they small they stopped making that work. Oh, well, then I hope not because I'm draining my data. Aren't <laughs> 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 you on Wi Fi when you're home, you psychopath? My Wi Fi sucks, dude. All right. well, well, my neighbor's Wi Fi anyway. sucks. 
so what's really cool actually about watching Night of the Comet is that this actually has a little bit like FP2 has a little bit of that post-apocalyptic vibe that Night of the Comet kind of implies the beginnings of, which is uh, something I forgot about because I haven't watched this movie in years. Oh, yeah, but, uh, I, could, I could see this movie being uh, a prequel to FP2, like, you know, 100 years before or something. Yeah, this is like, it could be the prequel to FP1. They're obsessed sure. with video games. Yeah, <laughs> got to find DMK. <laughs> so is Beats of Rage a prequel to the FP, or is it an actual sequel? No, it's very much a sequel. Oh, yeah, it's, okay, it's a super sequel, dude. Dang, it's so fucking so gnarly. <laughs> I'm so upset that you've seen it, and I haven't. <laughs> So, Jason, I just want to get this out of the way. So, um, when Matt and I first started podcasting together, he was like, you got to watch this movie. It's so wild. It's called BFP. This was, what, like five years, six years ago that you were Probably, telling? Probably, yeah. It was a while ago. Yeah, it was when it was still on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, I, and I was like, ah, I don't know, man. It doesn't really look like my thing. I don't know why I said that. But I, I think I was just, like, putting it off. And I watched it. And I think I messaged him halfway through and i was like dude what what is this this is <laughs> it's such a an us movie <laughs> it's it's uh it's definitely a love letter to people who love 80s films and i you can listen to in the back catalog i've talked to jay prior uh at at fantastic fest but you know you basically said what i'd always felt was separating ap uh, the ap the fp from everything else is that it's not like in your face that it's eighties. It just has an eighties feel throughout the whole time. Like it's not Kung Fury, which is just beating no. you in the face. Uh, like how eighties. Uh, no, that, 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 those sort of things drive me nuts because I like it to be like this. This is a lost movie that was made in the eighties. You just never saw it. Not like, Hey, check out my Reebok. Look at my, this, look at my, that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you get like the super like tight shot on some sort of member berries thing. And I'm like, no, that's, that's not what this is about. <laughs> so wait, wait, one last thing. Before we, we actually get into the movie. So, and I'm sorry if you get this question a lot, but but what do you, do you think that um, Turbo Kid is acceptably charming in that way where it doesn't feel like it's... I, I turned it off half an hour in because I felt like they were winking too much at the camera. But be, the main reason for me is they're bad acting on purpose in that movie. And I know okay. people are, some people That's are cool fair. with that, but that drives me nuts. Because the whole thing with these old movies that we grew up on was that we found them endearing because people weren't trying to be shitty on purpose. They yeah. were trying as hard as they could. They just weren't talented. And yeah. it's, that's, so that's why with the FP and the FB2, what I try to do is set up an impossible situation, an impossible scene to take seriously, and then make good actors attempt to actually act it for real. And it still become that's the comedy, is that this is an impossible scene to do, but they're trying their best. <laughs> You sound like absolutely Satan incarnate. <laughs> yeah. I, I find that funny. So that, that's pretty much the humor of these movies. Good. The movie starts off, we're, we're talking about Night of the Comet from 1984, um, a movie that I first heard of through the podfather John London told me to check it out. Of course. And man, it just kicks off with that opening narration that just makes you so ready for everything that this movie <laughs> is going to be. Yeah. Um, all the Although the implication seems to be that they that the dinosaurs also became zombies at one point, which is a, a movie that I'm waiting to see is the Zom Dinosaur movie. But it's shocking this, that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, we got to get on that. But the first like <laughs> 30 minutes of this movie could literally just be like a Fast Times at Ridgemont High movie. And that's why I really am charmed by it is that it's just like an 80s teen flick for 90 percent of this film. <laughs> 
Yeah, like the first act is oddly competent. I was I was surprised. <laughs> I was like, hey, this is actually this is not bad. This is pretty cool. And then like when it starts getting wild after that, you're like, okay, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's wrong? This movie's fun. Oh, I see. You know, so it, I think that the thing that I like about this movie is that it's so so barely a horror flick. You know, like the zombies are there, but it doesn't doesn't matter. You know, like the zombies no. are almost non-entities in this and because this is basically like dawn of the dead if dawn of the dead was rewatchable because right. dawn of the dead is so hard to rewatch like the romero 1976 or whatever it is that movie is just not fun i love talking because, about that movie more than watching it i love yeah, my first viewing yeah. that when i was younger every time i try to go back it feels like homework i really appreciate it i think it's really good but yeah, you're right. It's hard to sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to crack a beer and really have a great time right now. It's not yeah, really yeah. I don't think you can do that with like any Romero film, but especially uh, Dawn of the Dead. But that's the thing about this movie is that all the shit that I can't stand about zombie flicks, because this is barely a zombie zombie flick. I mean, yeah, there are zombies, but it's... Zombie kid, man. Yeah. <laughs> the, the zombie parts are thankfully short. The... Um, Evil humans are are not super annoying. The the stuck in a bunker parts are not. They don't overstay their welcome. Nothing about this movie is painful. The the, the bunker people you brought that up. Did Lost rip that off for the Dharma Initiative because they're wearing like the same jumpsuits? They have the same stupid patch with the symbol on their arm. Like that was interesting. I was like, Wait, I've seen this before. It's the people <laughs> somebody, in the hatch. Somebody in the lost. Abrams on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, like, it's it's really close. It's like, just aesthetically everything. I was like, what the fuck? I, I love the first couple minutes of this movie where you're just seeing the relationship between Reg and her sort of boyfriend, the projectionist, who's just yeah. renting out films to people through the back door. Uh, he has the line about, he's this is this is, it came from outer space. It's in 3D. Film freaks will go down on you for this. And you offer me a hundred bucks? 110. Now you're speaking my language. <laughs> like, he's just such a douche. I love him. <laughs> this is this is a, a great movie. It's probably the best movie I've picked. And I, I, <laughs> I actually put it on just on a regular Saturday. I was bored. And I put it on and I was like, all right, this is, this is an interesting, normal horror movie. And then when she like does the karate shit in the back alley, yeah. I stopped the movie, added it to Trello and wait it until now to finish. It. <laughs> well, my, my favorite part about that interaction when she does her karate back there is she throws the keys away for no apparent reason. And I was like, OK, well, yeah, if she knows how to fight and most women they're taught like you put the keys in your hand. No, not her. Throws them <laughs> behind her. She does the kung fu, and then it's like, "Oh, where are the keys?" And then she's struggling to find the keys, and that trips her up. So it's like, "Why did you throw?" For some reason, the entire movie that throwing the key incident was the weirdest thing. She she knows the bit. Hilarious. The, <laughs> it was so funny. The uh, there's just such good like the dialogue in this movie has got some good oh, lines. It's insane. The little sister has that one line um, where she's talking to her mom and she says, you were born with an asshole. You don't need to date. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah and then the mom punches her in the face. Dude, yeah. What an awful punch, though. That punch yeah. was terribly staged. The slaps were real, though. Like, yeah, those I was are reading... some serious slaps in this movie. So I was reading that they had so little money to make this movie. It was made for like, I think 70,000 or 700,000, like $3 million. I looked it up, yeah. which is okay. 7 million today. Not that, yeah. not that little, <laughs> but they, uh, the director was basically like, 
We can only do one or two takes, so make them count. If things don't work properly, just riff. And that's where we got probably my favorite line was that the gun jammed for real <laughs> and the actress improv the line, Daddy would have gotten us Uzis, which is like <laughs> such a good line. But it is an Uzi. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what made me laugh. Like she, she's holding an Uzi in her hand when she says that. Yeah, this movie, this movie made $15 million. I was looking it up. Back then, oh. which now with inflation is almost forty million. Like this was a success. Yeah, this isn't like some obscure little movie. Like this makes more than some flops these days. But how yeah. is this movie forgotten? You know, like this That's is the not good a question. Well, yeah, I'm surprised I'd never heard of it. I think it's very of its time, yeah. though. Like it's it's not like like because a lot of the movies that last the test of time, like you can sit someone from that was born. 18 years ago in front of it and they would love it. I feel like you have to love the eighties to love this movie, but it doesn't look like it. Like I, you know, the, it says the, the year that it comes out, but I'm not a stickler for it. So I don't really pay attention. So I put on based on the cover on Amazon and the name I put it on. Cause I was like, Oh sweet. Like a nice, like 50 sci-fi movie. And, and that's how it really looks. Like if you're, if you just came across this movie, I did, it looks like a fifties or sixties, like, sci-fi cheesy movie and that's why i put it on and then immediately i was like oh when did this come out 1984 <laughs> okay all right that's what we're in for i also like the uh the very geeky conversation about superman that takes up like three minutes yeah it's awesome which has it's uh it reminds me of my favorite line in elvira when she's basically just like <laughs> he's got radioactive blood yeah it's lead, you nerd. And I'm like, you're the one that's waxing knowledge on Superman with this guy. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's it's funny because like that's the kind of scene I always hoped would be in a Kevin Smith movie, but his are like 20 minutes long when they try uh, to do that. Yeah. And that, this scene, I thought this movie just kicked his ass with that all over the place. Where it's like, all right, here's a one-liner for it. We don't need eight minutes. But even that line, like if you think about that line, you know, it, that's lead, you nerd, like is also part of the plot line like being yeah. behind lead protects people like it's like all there's not a wasted line of dialogue with how goofy the movie is like everything fits into its place and that's crazy to me that like this works as well as it does because it should be like just trash from from front to back yeah the tone is oddly consistent throughout the entire movie which i was really i really appreciated and I love the dope low budget comet effects when everyone's just staring at the sky and it's basically just like a strobe light. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, a that's great. I, I love the people just as dust, like clothes yeah. with dust everywhere. That was great. And then like some of them, like they're like, oh well, some of them, you know, became zombies because they it just took slower. So you're like, okay. Yeah. And I guess like when you turn into a you turn into a zombie, you just like get stupid. I think that's what makes it so fun <laughs> of a zombie movie because the biggest fear factor in zombie movies. They don't really move fast until the early 2000s. So it's really just like no matter what you do, the world is filled with zombies and your whole life is a struggle to try to avoid zombies. And this is like you got to ride this out for about five hours. Some of them will be some of them aren't quite dust yet. And it's like, OK, let me stand up and watch this movie. And then when I leave, I can repopulate. That is the whole base of this movie. You're just weathering a storm. Yeah, it's pretty clever. And also, I do like the fact that this movie was uh, I did just the slightest bit of Internet research and the writer wanted to do a female fronted and apocalyptic film. And um, that was what they did. They basically just took badass characters that were men in movies that they liked and made them women. And that's it's just awesome. 
and it has that you I mean you brought up Dawn of the Dead, but it also has that same type of like comments about uh consumerism and it's almost it's more on the nose in this than it is on Dawn of the Dead, but it's way more charming than it ever is in Dawn of the Dead. Like Yeah, that's the thing about shopping Romero to girls that want to have fun is so, like that scene is so great. Like that Here's great. the thing about that. So that that's why I started looking things up because I was like this doesn't sound like the Cindy Lauper version. It's not. <laughs> it's a woman named Tammy Holbrook. So I don't understand if this movie was not low budget. I mean, apparently it wasn't. Jason just said it wasn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what the internet said. So who knows? Uh, no, I, I believe you. I'm not. I'm not calling your bluff or anything. I, I, I'm just so confused because they had money for all of these songs. Like this has a banging soundtrack, but they don't have money to pay for fucking girls just want to have fun. <laughs> well, man, those songs can cost like five hundred grand. Just that yeah. song. I was gonna say she was working on the Goonies right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit, you're right. I guess the Goonies came out in '85, right? Yeah, so she was probably she she's was like, "Now I'm holding out good. for the Goonies." Yeah, right. <laughs> damn. Okay, I get. I guess I can accept that. But um, I did have. I'm. I know that we're not really following notes. Like most of my notes are just quotes. Or um, I was going to try and sing the funny parts of songs, but I can't remember. That. <laughs> I mean, you uh, you texted me the one the line in the movie. Key, yeah. That's the best line in the movie, what you sent in the group. I'm not yeah. crazy. I just don't give a okay, fuck. Okay, so did you guys do the research to see what song that's in? It gets sampled in something, and I cannot I for the life of me remember. I think an Eminem song. <laughs> it was a pop punk song. No, I'm just kidding. No, I have no clue. Uh, but I love I love the, like, pseudo-zombie stock boys, because they don't look like zombies at all until they take off their sunglasses. Oh, that was great. That was, such a, that was such a good, like, Omega Man moment. <laughs> Dude, I and I even like the the weird zombie cop nightmare sequence. The, the double nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. Yeah. Oh, so here's a question about that. If this movie is so much about strong female protagonists, why do we have Kelly Maroney taking her clothes off for no fucking reason? One one question. One an, one answer here. Reshoots. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. They tested that movie and they're like, we need some more TNA. And they reshot those at least one of those zombie nightmares. There might have been one. They probably added the other one. There's no way that was originally there. That's, convinced. Yeah. I saw that scene. I was like, no way. That, yeah. that makes absolute sense. I'm not complaining because Kelly Maroney is way more attractive. She's just more attractive than I realized because she plays. Um, the only thing I've ever actually seen her that I remember her in is Chopping Mall. And she plays the good girl she's in, in Chopping Mall. Yeah, she's, she's in Fast Time as the cheerleader. Oh my God, that's Kelly Maroney. Yeah. That's so fucking great. You think it's easy being a cheerleader? Yeah, <laughs> Kelly, Kelly Maroney was actually it's not. in Fast Times at Ridgemont High with Eric Stoltz, oh, who was in Hercules Zero to Hero with French Stewart. I did that just to piss off Scott. That's not my six degrees <laughs> of Beetlejuice. You're waiting. Oh fuck you. <laughs> I'm actually pretty close to the end of my notes because I the only part that I don't like about this movie is like once the scientists come in, it really kind of hits a wall for me because you're like you've already established like oh they're just waiting out the zombie apocalypse like the tension drops a lot oh totally <laughs> but i do i do like the uh the idea that they're just gonna reg is just gonna force a family lifestyle to like start the new world on like positive morals uh and the big intro of D- dmk what a, like <laughs> what a terrible callback what an unnecessary callback because <laughs> but so perfect for this movie yeah so <laughs> I didn't even really remember it 
until it honestly i didn't even put two and two together oh, I, I was waiting i was waiting for that one man. yeah when you when you made the dmk <laughs> reference about the the uh fp2 or whatever i was like oh yeah that was the person who was in the video game in the very beginning like i didn't even fucking remember because i didn't care <laughs> no it's just uh, it's the writer and me being like okay when does that come back we spent way too much time looking at that and talking about that who's dmk is it the truck driver no it's just some random guy in a convertible car great yeah, the people that survived this apocalypse it's just so weird it's so weird the people that survived, but at least it makes sense. There's like an excuse. Yeah, you had to be inside. I'm worried about the kids. I don't like the implication there. They're just their their children now. Yeah, that's real fucked up. I mean, well, it's not the most fucked would, up thing. Would, I've would seen. you rather them be there with those parents or like living with Santa Claus for the rest of their lives? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because there there are a lot of logical issues that come into play if you are trying to repopulate the Earth with six people. Um, yep. <laughs> well, now DMK's in there to help. I think out. I think they would find more. It's like it's been like a weekend. They already found another guy. I'm sure some yeah. other people just were inside the night of the comet because that's all it took to not yeah. turn is just be indoors. So and I'm the sure scientists say that they heard reports of other people in other yeah. cities. Yeah. So it's not like it's just the six of them. But they're gonna be they're... all neck beards. They're gonna be no, <laughs> Scott. Me and you would absolutely be there to repopulate. <laughs> if I told you that there was a comet coming tonight. You'd be like, nah, I'm good here. <laughs> so the other thing that I, I actually really like is I think the fake out of her having a rash genuinely works. Because I was watching, I'm like, I can't remember. Does she turn into a zombie? Like, it's a good, like, get you. Yeah. It plays into your knowledge of zombie movies to be like, oh, fuck. Oh, she's yes. she's going to turn. And then it's just, no, nerves. She yeah. has eyes. I, I, totally, I totally believed it. I was like, oh, I guess she's dead. I guess they need a body count. That's how these movies work. Sure. Yeah. This movie has a really low body count. I mean, if you ignore the, you know. All of, the, all of civilization. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm saying actual characters. I, mean, it's just, I like that about that. This is kind of like a more entertaining, rewatchable Mad Max. I could see that because Mad Max doesn't really start until the Road Warrior as far as okay. I'm concerned. The first movie is almost unwatchable. I remember I went back and <laughs> I tried to watch it again for the first time as an adult, like before Fury Road came out because I was going to watch all of them again to get my head in it. And I was like, good God, what is this? Like, it doesn't, like, is it, it I'm not even sure it's a post-apocalypse movie. Which is no, bizarre. it's just a it's, it's just weird. a car movie. It's just weird. It's just a car, it's movie. A car movie. It's a great it's car movie. Fast and furious. That thing yeah. in there is not the goose. That's the only thing I remember from Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember Scream Factory sent me the Blu-ray when it came out, and I was like, oh, man, sweet. I haven't seen Mad Max in forever. And then as I'm watching, I'm like, I was thinking the Road Warrior. I was thinking the Road Warrior the <laughs> yeah. whole time. Did you get the English dub? It could have been worse. It could have been Thunderdome. Because I think it's so funny that they have an English dub version than their, <laughs> than their original, which is just Australian, which, you know, in case anyone isn't too keen on Australian language, it's English. Just with a different yeah. accent. <laughs> Boy, is it. So I got nothing. Does anyone else have anything they want to throw out there about Night of the Comet beyond like, hey, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Like, it's a good movie that yeah, you probably slept on. It's free. Give them the sixth sense, yeah. man. Yeah. 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 Most <laughs> movies on the show are like watch with a group of friends or, or whatever. You can no, watch this watch alone. alone. You know, oh, you yeah. absolutely yeah. could. Oh, I mean, I watched it this morning alone. It was great. Yeah. It's a fun watch. <laughs> So I, right. I do have one thing that I want to say. The, I th I love the soundtrack as 
anybody that listens to the show knows I'm obsessed with horror movie soundtracks. I love this soundtrack. Um, it's not. I don't really love the instrumentals as much as the actual like pop music. And that hard act to follow is one of the best '80s songs no one knows about. I don't even remember. Yeah, it. that was on. Wasn't that? It's a cold fact. You're a hard act to follow. And that was on that that '80s hair metal mix that someone sent us for Halloween last this year. Oh really? shit! I never actually yeah, listened they... to it, but thank you for that list, whoever that was. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! So what was your guys' double features with this? Brian, as is customary, you get to pick first as you selected this. So... I would probably, hmm, this is a tough one. Night of the Comet. I'm at Blockbuster. I see this, <laughs> see this cover. I'm gonna go with. I didn't put much thought in this. If you guys haven't figured that, out. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking that up. Um, picking up what you're putting. Yeah, down. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Twilight Zone movie. <laughs> Any reason, or just I, that you think it would be out at that same time? So if I'm if I'm speaking candid, I was like, "Shit, think of something, think of something." I just watched this documentary <laughs> that Jordan Peele did. For some reason, Jordan Peele's on my mind. He's remaking Twilight Zone. There's stars in the cover, and I was like, "Twilight Zone movie." <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, my double feature would be something that I think captures a same the, the a similar level of this super '80s nostalgia. Um, and I think I've picked it a couple times, but I'll pick it again. Terrorvision. I think Terrorvision is a very good double feature to go with uh, the the Night of the Comet. Is Terrorvision a good movie? I thought it was a bad movie. It's a great movie, dude. It's a delightful movie. Wow. Uh, I think I picked it literally like two months ago for bad Terror channels as well. Terrorvision but... is a bad movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> you are so lucky you were not involved with this podcast when we did fucking Terror Tunes. <laughs> All right, Scott, what was your double feature? So I'm going to be the cheekiest motherfucker ever by saying night of the creeps due to the fact <laughs> that they are both notc <laughs> and uh jay i saved you for last hoping that you'd be able to pick up uh, what we're putting down on how to do these double features you have a double feature to watch with night of the comet oh god mine's not as ironic i was just gonna say omega man just because it's the 70s new york version of this movie <laughs> i think that's perfect yeah, i mean it's it doesn't have to be ironic. No, no, it's, no. no. It's, I'm just an asshole like that. Yeah. 
Just because they, they virtually have the same bad guys with the sunglasses and the yep. whole thing. It's the same deal. It's just different uh, part of the country. Is the Omega generation. Man the best adaptation of I Am nope. Legend? <laughs> there is no such thing as a good adaptation. Dude, of I, I, I was about to say, there hasn't really been a good one, but is it the one that I will watch the most again? Absolutely. The Vincent, <laughs> the Vincent Price one from way back when is Last a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit closer to the book, but not really at all. And the Will Smith one's just garbage. Like oh, at, yeah. least, uh, at least uh, Omega Man's got that fun, like 70s Charlton Heston. And uh, I, I think all I can ever remember about the movie Omega Man is uh, Jonathan London used to always quote one line in there where he looks at the vial of blood and goes, good old fashioned 100% Anglo-Saxon as he's looking <laughs> at his own blood in a vial. That's what I'm saying. You got to watch it again. It's, it's worth it. Uh, all right. Well, before we wrap up the episode, real quick, once again, Jatro, where can people go to find out what where we are in the process of getting FP2 into our hands? Is there a website or anything that they can uh, check out? Ch- check out my Facebook uh, fan page, which is at the Jatro on uh, Facebook. And yeah, that's where everything happens. That's where I channel everything. That actually is like 90% responsible for getting FP2 funded. And everything else that's happened at this point. So I was going to do more, but it's very successful, that page. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Cool. Go there. And I think it's a good philosophy. And will we get an FP3? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm writing three and four right now. So we'll see what oh, happens. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I've kind of been going through an existential crisis where I'm like, do I make more movies or do I, do I just keep making FP movies? And I think the answer is... <laughs> Because <laughs> there was there were a lot of roadblocks getting two made, which no longer exists. So I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I can just keep making these now. Okay, sounds good. And I mean, it's like it's not like they're a burden to you. You seem to have a blast of making them. Like that's that, that's the problem. They're more fun than anything else I come up with. Like I'll come up with other ideas and like kind of start them up, and then I'm still daydreaming about the FP. So I'm like, all right, screw it, going back. <laughs> well. I will be there for for three and four and five and when it eventually goes into space and when it ends up in the oh, you're, you're, not, and... you're, you're not gonna have to wait until five for space. <laughs> oh, <All right>. Dude, <laughs> stop talking. Take my <laughs> yeah. You won't have to wait that long. I uh, all right. Well, I have to go to Beetlejuice, Death and Mary Story, oh, yeah, that's uh, right. Mischief, Kelly Preston, Jack Frost, and Michael Keaton. Also, everyone, check out this director who did Night of the Comet, because this, amongst all of his movies, are completely underrated, such as Ernest Saves Christmas, Honey, I Blew oh, Up man. the Kid, and Captain Ron. All oh, oh, heavy hitter movies Ron. That, that have shit ratings online. And Wait, Captain Ron has a bad rating? 23%, Scott. Oh. 23%. Fucking what? Damn it. No, that's Scott, not, that's not surprising. When's the last time you saw a movie with 90-something of Rotten Tomatoes you actually liked? Yeah. yeah that's uh, fair point. <laughs> but that's the thing uh, is that I don't even look at Rotten Tomatoes, so I'm shocked no. at anybody's rating on Rotten. What's the yeah. FP on Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> well, it better be 90. No, it's like 40-something, which is pretty surprising. But the thing is, when you look at Rotten Tomatoes, the whole thing's rigged because a critic can give a movie a C-plus rating, and that's a rotten review. And then that same critic can go give another movie a C, and that's positive. It depends on which one has more money. Yeah. Oh, it's a racket. Yeah, it's a total racket. Well, who was the one critic that gave uh, Gremlins a, a, a shitty fucking review? And then because he was in Leonard Gremlins. Malton. Yeah. Leonard Malton. And just because he appeared in the second one. He gave it a great review. He was in it. <laughs> yep. Uh, Leonard Malton. What a piece of trash <laughs> that guy is. Um, so. 
that was Night of the Comet from 1984. We were joined by our good friend Jaytro. Go and check out the FP2 Beats of Rage as soon as you can. And in the meantime, go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on all of your different podcasting apps. Hit us up at hmnpodcast.com. And next week is the start of Listener Submitted Month, and you guys were a bunch of assholes. So oh, yeah. we are <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do a vampire movie. That's all I'm gonna say. No hints. <laughs> I guess uh, it's a vampire. <laughs> I get, yeah, I don't know what the fuck this is. There's, you gave us a lot of curveballs, guys. So we're uh, we'll see how this goes. But uh, once again, Jaytro, thanks for joining us, and we will be back oh, next week. <laughs>